When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Wednesday, and I'm here with Joy Behar. This is Behind the Table. All right, we are here. It is uh, Wednesday. I'm here with Joy Behar. Hello, Joy. Hello. This is good. I'm in a good place. Um, I just opened a bottle of water for you, which made me feel very uh, needed and masculine. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. If you have a jar of pickles I can work on, I'd be happy. And my mother just texted me to say uh, how much she enjoyed the show today, which doesn't always happen. She oh. watches all the time, but I don't always get a, a, a note. So that's good. So it was a good mm-hmm. show. What do you think? Today's show? I yeah. have no objectivity. It's not a good question to ask. Okay. All right. You have Because I'm sitting there. I don't know. Yeah. I, know. I mean, I feel like you know when it's good or bad. Not really. Really? No. No, that's interesting. You don't feel like in the, you don't feel like a vibe in the moment, like this is working or not working? No. Really? <laughs> I'd have to be watching it. One of the things that's continued, we've talked about this a little before, is you have a lot more thoughts on the days you aren't here. That's yeah, definitely well, then been I'm a watching thing. it. But not only, not only of what happens on the show— but of what you think we should be talking about before the show starts. We get notes from you on the days you're not here, far more so than when you're participating. I'm a natural producer. You are. You are. No doubt about it. <laughs> you keep angling for my gig, but it's fine. We'll figure it out. All right. Well, today on the show, we talked about Trump winning the New Hampshire primary yeah. on the show. And you brought up something about how Trump is uh, emblematic of the chaos that social media has created. I thought that was a really profound point. Tell Thank me more you. about that. Well, if you think about it, we're living in a very chaotic time. When I was a kid in the 50s, uh, you had Eisenhower, Mm -hmm. who was a war hero, played golf. You trusted that he would do the right thing for the country. People like me, people like you, people like Joe Plummer were not really uh, allowed to interact with the president. They Mm -hmm. could not say what they really thought. Their only opinion showed up at the voting booth. Now— you have every very anonymous troll out there with his finger on the button prepared to annihilate various people who are in power. Yeah. And it is chaotic. It is chaotic. If you read comments on on Twitter, they're vicious sometimes, absolutely vicious. And people need to mind their own business and they don't. And they're anonymous, which really aggravates me, frankly. Do you think these people were always there and are just given a voice now? Or do you yes, think the culture has course. created more no, of they them? were there. Mm-hmm. They were there. It's the social. Look, when I when my husband, my first husband had to get his Ph.D. done, he was having trouble. I decided to become a writer at that point. This is a long time ago. Yeah. So I bought an electric typewriter. And what do you think happened? He got his PhD because he <laughs> used the typewriter. That is the similar idea I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Social media comes and everybody comes out of their woodwork. Right. And the chaos that has been created is the only time that a, a Trump could ever win or get the traction that he's getting is in this chaotic moment that we're in. Wow. Oh, and I, I blame it basically on uh, social media, a lot of it. As we saw, um, Trump was victorious in New Hampshire. It you were well, texting he wasn't, he was 100% it. victorious. There's a huge percentage of people who either voted for Haley or voted for Joe Biden. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I don't see it's that's a true. given that he's going to be president. Um, all right. Well, now on yeah. to more important matters in the state of the world. 
Sonny told us that you went to a sample sale with right. her. Right. We discussed it in the break today. Yeah. And two of you have very different sales strategies. How, how was it for you? I was I became a stalker because somebody was wearing the sweater that I wanted. Yes. And there was only one of it. Mm-hmm. And it was 50% off or maybe more. I liked it. Yeah, it, no, I understand. Red, it was a great color. I liked it. Now, I, I get but, ner- she, but she was wearing it and I had to wait until she decided whether she was going to buy it or not. Now, when I hear stories like this about you and Sonny stalking people, of course, I start <laughs> to get nervous because I figure they might recognize you. Do you feel this like one you did recognize? Not. No, no, okay. she did not. She sees Joy Come, Behar, Sonny Hostin no. together. You nothing know, it's clicks. an amazing thing. People think I'm so recognizable. I'm, I'm on this show for a good 25 years, mm-hmm. plus other things I've done over the years. Yeah. And most people don't even notice me. You think that's true? You think they just don't come up to you and bother you? No, no, no. They do come up to me when they do notice me. But I've walked around the streets. Nobody looks at me. New Yorkers are busy with their own thing. All right. Well, I'm glad. So you're stalking people. It's not being noticed. I I I just sat there and waited for her to decide. Did you get what you wanted? Yes. All right. And Sunny has another thing. She goes into the dressing room and gets the discards. Yes. She figures if they don't want it, they'll leave it there. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about, do you think about like negging them a little bit and saying like, you know, that doesn't look good on you? No, I, 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 so Sunny was going to do that. Mm -hmm. She was going to go up to the woman wearing my jacket and say, you know, the other one looks better on you. And I said, don't do that because it'll make her want to buy it. All right. We did a topic on the show earlier this week uh, when you weren't here. It was about someone wanting advice about if they always have to spend time with their spouse's family when they feel like it could be overwhelming. How do you feel about this? I grew up in a big Italian family. Yes. It was a given that every Sunday you showed up at dinner, every Sunday. And if you didn't show up, it was like, where is she? Why do they come? I still have that now. You're watching the football game at home. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the question? I mean, do you feel like it's you're you have to do it? Do you feel like or I did feel like I had to do it? Did you ever have enough and say no? I mean, do you feel like I it's okay to foot, say no? One time I put my foot down about New Year's Eve. They wanted me to constantly be around New Year's Eve. Right. And, you know, Italians all they do when I was a kid, all they did was cry about who was dead on New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was the most depressing <laughs> night. I'd be a kid and they're crying, but Grandma's not here and like that. Yeah, I figured I had enough of that. I'd like to go out and have a few laughs. Sure. So I told them and they didn't like it, but no. I did it. I broke away. You can break away. It's hard to miss a holiday. It's hard to miss a special occasion. I only have one occasion. rule for my own children. Yes. And that is Christmas Eve. I want them there Christmas Eve. That's it. The rest of the holidays, they can they can do what they want. Well, part of this also was about uh, the spouse's family and in-laws and things like that. And now you've... No, the in-laws didn't have these rules because they didn't have any kind of food, first of all, that was interesting. Right. The Italians always had yeah, good meals. Yeah, my family always has the best food. Yeah. yeah. And the other side, no. So they they required some of it. And my my ex would not even pay attention to it until I'd say, you know, you had to call your father. Yeah, I said yesterday with Sonny, it's a weird experience when you start spending holidays with other people's families. They're your families, but they're, they're yeah. in-laws. But and I always I was Catholic, mm-hmm. and I married a Jewish guy. Mm-hmm. And the same with the second one. Oh, so your Christmas was— No, yeah. so it's not an issue. Oh, that's smart. Okay, so there you go. That, that's a, that's right. a workaround. There you go. I like it. Um, I say this is my very lovely family is, is staying with us this week. So, oh, that's yeah, nice. there you go, my in-laws. But they're lovely people. This is a story that came out recently. The headline was, Who is Joy Behar's husband? Oh, for God's sake. I hear that your husband was not happy about this. It was in People magazine. Yeah. I just got it the other day. He's like Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. He likes to be in hiding. In 27 years on the air for this show, he has not been on the show once. It's kind of unheard of, not just at The View, but in public view in general, that, I mean, you can appear, be such a, a prominent person in a show where you tell so much about your life and never be seen, never be. I mean, Alyssa's husband's been on the show three or four times. They like it, she's those only been guys. Here for he doesn't years. like it. Yeah, it's it's a, I, I kind of respect it. Um 
that he's my not husband. looking for. Yeah, of course. My husband is the same way. Yeah. I'm the only one who was raised to be on camera. Right. But but they're also they're known to our audience. You talk about Steve yeah, all the time. Yeah. You, you talk about that's your why they were interested in him, because he has not appeared. Right. Mine right. is like the brand new penny. No, exactly. If it, it's he's getting, he, he didn't like it. He was like, why are they writing about me? What have I got to do with this? They did one on Sarah's husband recently, too. He uh, likes it probably, too. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But in general, are you surprised that they have this much interest? I'm always surprised that anybody's interested in me. I mean, why? (laughs) (laughs) What are they? I have no scandals around me. Mm -hmm. I am writing a book, you know. Yes, I do know this. Congratulations. Thank you. See, this is good. I know that uh, one of the, you know, you come on do the podcast and I plug some things for you and maybe you come back next week. <laughs> well, that's the only good. thing to plug right now because yeah. Bonkers in the Burrows had a great run for four nights. It did. And now we're looking for a theater for, for the fall. All right. So if you have a theater and you'd like to donate it to Joy, please call our hotline. Well, we already got an offer for, for a really great theater, but mm-hmm. they, they want us to be there in March. We don't have the time. No. It, it takes a, t- a lot of time to put a, a play out. Yeah. And look at this play, Harmony. They worked on it for 10 years. It closed after like five nights. It's a it's an unforgiving it's, uh, industry. It's a yeah. very unforgiving yeah. because the prices are high. That's why. Right. Well, it's New York real estate. It costs course. a fortune to put up a play. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I have no doubt you'll figure it out. Um, all right. Let's go back to the, the topics we did not do today. We had a topic on the list that we could not get to. It's about this trend of couples going on honeymoons with their friends. Does this make sense to you? Would you yes, do that? Yes. In this day and age, as I look, I just told you about the times they are changing yeah. right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right now we're in chaos. Post-sexual revolution. Yes. Which took place late 60s, 70s and continued up until now. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a backlash and people, mainly religious people, are furious that women are having sex out of wedlock and having children out of wedlock and their gay friends. They don't like any of that. Right. So that's what the backlash is about, all of that. Mm-hmm. But the fact remains that people do have sex before they're married. Yes. Okay? So if you're going with someone for a couple of years and you've been having sex for two years with that person, probably a lot, because in the beginning you really want to do it a lot, then a honeymoon has no meaning. So why not have your friends over? I understand that. All right. So you think you'd have a better time with your friends around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're sick of him already, but <laughs> after two years. That's a bad sign, I think. <laughs> if by the honeymoon you're already sick of your husband. It's not a honeymoon anymore. They can call whatever they want. It's not a honeymoon. It's just a and recovery trip after the... It's, uh, no, it's just another vacation. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. That seems depressing to me. I love to, to travel with my friends. Yeah. I get the, I have the, I've taken every World War II trip with all but, my but friends. But your husband comes, generally. Yeah, you yeah. never leave him... You don't do girls' trips. You bring, I've done you go, them. You I've do? done those, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I He's feel like, fine with that. I feel like you travel well with your husband. I do. Because we get up at the same time. We like to do the same things. We're very compatible. My wife and I get along better on vacation than any other time. Yeah. I, I love taking a trip. See, with that's my wife. a good sign for a marriage. I think so. Because, um, like when I when you're going out with somebody and then you don't know what they're like on a nine nine to five ba- uh, full day yeah. basis, twenty four hours. So when you go on vacation, you really get to see what the other person is about. And sometimes you don't like it. Right. I find like when you leave the stress of the day to day behind, then we're our better selves and we enjoy each other more. When well, it's not it takes about, a while yeah. to warm up. Like if like I would like this winter is annoying me, right? Yes, me too. So I said to him, to my husband, let's go to like St. Martin or something because I'm off on Mondays. I can leave Friday, come back on Monday. Mm -hmm. I need Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to just get used to the place and the the downtime and the sun and the the, the, blah-blah. So it's not going to work for me. Yeah. All right. I understand that. Um, Let's make sure that you don't take off too much time because we like having you on the show. (laughs) But yes. Would you go on a a friend honeymoon with any of the current co-hosts? Anybody you'd enjoy doing a trip with? Well, I see them every day. No, yeah. I, I no. 
I feel that way too. A couple times I've taken trips and I've happened to take the same trip that people we work together with yeah. were on the same trip. And I like these people. I don't want to see them on vacation. Yeah, no. I mean, I like to go shopping. Like Sonny and I like to go shopping together. Yeah. yeah. And, um, oh. you know, and we're friends. We're all friends with each other. We like each other on this in this panel. I just insulted Frankie, one of our producers in the control room here, because I ran into him at Epcot Center when we were in uh, on vacation over Christmas. I wasn't talking about you, Frankie. Frankie, I adore you. You can come with me anytime. Sorry, he's very upset. You see, you insulted him. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. It was not who I was thinking of. We'll be back in a moment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' Group Text Podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit. Okay, this is good. So, as you know, I thought you were asking people for, to give me give them advice. That's what's coming right now. Oh, I was, right. It's the next thing on my list. All right, let's hear that. All right, we've mentioned before that we have a hotline. It's the behind the table hotline. People can ask for questions, advice, and it turns out we have two questions for you. First, we have Christopher from Virginia. Joy, throughout your career, you have been very open about therapy. I would like to know what the best and worst advice you ever received from a therapist is. Joy, you're fantastic. Here's something interesting about my therapist. I've had, I had four therapies, therapists, mm-hmm. since I was a kid. I had more, maybe actually five if you count college. I went to somebody in college. When I got out, I saw this man. Uh, then I went to a woman, and then I went to another woman and another woman. So I've had different therapists, and every single one of them told me I should be in showbiz. Really? Yes. So the, is that it? Except the man. All the women told me that. What does that mean exactly? It mean, and I sent, so I had um, another 
friend of mine, mm-hmm. I sent to one of my shrinks. She was also an actress. Yes. And my shrink told her to get out of acting and become a lawyer. So, so I appreciate the fact that they recognized whatever it is about me that could be in this business. That's fascinating. So All that's, right. So that's they, they had insight into your character they and they, they saw did. that it would. It would that was, so that boom. was the best. You would call it advice. It was like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, stay in the business. Now, what about worst advice? Were the things they said that they don't they don't get you? They're they're nowhere. The worst advice was from a male therapist that I had back in the early years. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I'm very unhappy with my job. Um, I was working as an employment counselor or whatever it was. And I said, I need to do something creative. And you know what he said to me? What? Have a baby. Really? <laughs> Have a baby. Wow. And I said, well, I'm really what talking. What year was this? <laughs> 1960s. Yeah, okay. And I said to him, listen, I don't I don't feel like having a baby yet. I, I eventually did in 1970. Yeah. But I said, I'm looking for, to write something creative, painting, yeah. writing, playing the piano, whatever. Have a baby. So that's the worst thing anybody ever said to me. Now, that does not relate to Christopher in Virginia, who was, no. a, who was a guy. But- Whenever a therapist tells you to do something like that, you know, like get this type of job or that, I think you should be wary. That's You're a, supposed to come to it yourself. First of all, that sounds like fertile ground for one of your essays, I think. Uh, meeting have with a, a therapist where he tells you to have a baby. That's I think true. That's there. a good one. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. And um, all right. So Christopher had a follow up here and he said, if, if you truly believe in therapy, does it always boil down to the mother or father that are at fault? Do you think that's accurate? Yes. Yeah. Here's what I say. What you've got when a, in the parents in your very early years is the original cast album. Oh. As you go into the world, it's the road company. Oh, okay. See? I like that. Okay. Yeah. So the original cast will determine and basically dictates how you will be as an adult, which is why you must go back to the early years if you want to solve the problems you're having in the present tense. Oh, wow. That's deep. I like that a lot. When I was in therapy in high yeah. school, the one thing that I remember about it yeah. was one day, and this was horrible, the therapist said to me, you know, the funniest thing happened. You came up in another session today. Someone was talking about you. And she of course, told you that? It was a he, and he, he. told me that. And I, I was like, oh, my God. You're not su- they're not supposed to do that. Well, they wouldn't tell me who it was, and it no. drove me insane. Yeah. All I could think about, who was it a girl? Was yeah. it a girl? Something happened. Did someone like me? Did someone hate me? Was someone jealous of me? Was that's, someone that's angry a bad at me? Therapist. It, that was it. I was done. There yeah. was nothing. I, I was like walking around outside, waiting for someone to show up for an appointment that I knew. It was. It, yeah. it drove me absolutely insane. Yeah. So anyway, that was uh, that was done. So with that turned you off to therapy it did. forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you need to grow up a little bit. All right. I think I'm pretty introspective. I think I have. I have flaws. I think I know what they introspective are. Introspective is not the word that springs to mind no? when I think of you. No. no. All right. No. What does, Joy? What what words springs I to mind? I feel that you're more of an external type of person. Right, perhaps. I, I actually think I'm pretty oh, self-aware. How about that? Self-aware is, is good. Yeah. All right, you know, fine. There's I... something in, in shrink land called mm-hmm. the observing ego. Yes. Which means that you have some, you can see yourself. Mm-hmm. And the Greeks, the ancient Greeks always said, know thyself. Right. Right. So that to me is a very high uh, level of maturity. If you have a good observing ego, I believe I, I, and I you believe, think you do. have. I one. think I do. Yes. I okay, think good. I do. doesn't glad. mean I'm changing any of the things I don't like about myself, but I'm well aware. <laughs> well, of Well, that's the next step. Yeah, we'll work on it. All right. This is another question we got from a listener and we, we talked to Sarah about it on Monday. It was asking if they should get back together with an ex, even if the family isn't a fan of them anymore. Well, I think you listen to some some if you have a respected member of your family and you, you value their opinion, you should listen to what they have to say. Do you, do you ever give negative advice to someone you're close you know, to? About- here's the thing. I have a friend right now who's telling me about how um, 
she, her girlfriend, let's call her Melinda and Sylvester. Oh, Sylvester. Sly. Okay. Melinda and Sylvester were an item. Okay. And everybody was quiet about it. All the friends. Then Melissa and, Melissa and uh, what's her name did I say? Uh, Sylvester. And Sylvester broke up. Right. Now the friends, I never liked him. He's an idiot. Right. You should have dumped him a long time ago. Crying. Why did I ever go with him? What did I see in him? Okay. Fast forward. They're back together. Of course they are. Yes. Now what do you do? Now what do you do? I think you stick to your guns, right? I no, mean, because now she's not open to hearing anything bad about but him. But she heard you the first time. I mean, she knows But maybe she feel. forgot that. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. But I think it's very, very tricky to, even when people are divorced, to trash the ex because they might just get back together again. And also when you trash the ex, what you're saying is that you have the worst judgment in the world for picking that person. Right. So that's a problem, too. But can't you also, as a friend, give them help to make them not repeat the same mistakes again to explain well, this the flaws is what in I their ad- judgment? This is what I advised her right. to go, when she sees the girl. Say to her, um, I'm curious, you know, you're back with him. Did something change? Yeah. So let, hear from her why she's going back with him. And if nothing has changed, there's nothing you can do. Then I would say stay out of it at that See, point. Now, for, I think, so you and I, we, we work together and we spar a little bit, but I consider you a friend. Yeah. And I think one of the good things about being friends with Joy Behar is that she gives unbridled truth most of the time, even when you're trying to be. I'm like my Aunt Rose. I mean, even when you're trying I to be careful. I can't help it if I tell the truth. Yeah. If I say to you, you have two heads. I mean, that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it hurts in the moment. But I'm like, okay, I need to to buy a nicer belt. Like, I get it. Like, it's fine. So I think that that's one of the upsides of being friends with you. And I think you you take Joy Behar into your life. You want that honest advice. And so? Like today with Alyssa, you told her she looked like a flight attendant. (laughs) The outfit. I was making fun of the outfit. And if I give you advice about your belt, yeah. it has nothing to just, it's not an attack on your I don't think it's an on attack. On your persona. Yes. It's about the belt. Yes. And it's... hers was about her outfit. It was funny. <laughs> Every time I come out, they come up with some crazy outfits on this they show. They do. I mean, Fran, they're stylish, I, I think. We just don't but, know. You know, yeah. Fran Taylor, she's the most incredible stylist. She is. She works very hard. Sometimes there's three different outfits in one day, and some days they're just wacky. One day, uh, Sunny had all her curly hair. And a shirt that had all curly hair on it. Yes. <laughs> and I said, I didn't know that your nuffs, Newfoundlands, shed that much. <laughs> she laughed because it's not about her. It's about the sweater. No, and I tease Sarah often about her outfits, too. I, I, Sarah, uh, you can tease till the cows come home. Yeah. Sarah loves to be teased. Meredith Vieira was like that. Some women just love to be teased, and she's one of them. Yeah. No, I think it's, uh, it's funny. No, I agree. And I think uh, Alyssa probably... Took it in the spirit it was given. Of which course is, yeah, she did. Yeah. She knows who's talking. Also, I like her. She knows I like her. When a person knows that you that you like them, yes. they don't take it seriously. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Anyway, this is one of the benefits of being friends with Joy Behar. You get tough Unvarnished truths. advice? Yes, I think so. It depends on the person. Even when you're trying, but I think even when you're trying to sugarcoat, you can see through it pretty quickly. <laughs> So, when you're trying on a like certain... when you try to sugarcoat something, I think the truth is pretty apparent generally. Look, I, I don't yeah. go around telling the truth to everybody. No, only people that I work with, right. <laughs> and my husband, of course. Of course. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily tell my daughter. Yeah. See, right. I told you one time in a podcast that we're all scared of our daughters. Yes. You don't want to say, you know, you need a lipstick. They'll go, Shh. ma, be quiet.
quiet. Don't tell me what to do. So you really have to be careful. I'm more scared of my wife than my daughters, but maybe well, that'll flip as age. they get older. Yeah. Wait till they're 18 and 19 and you tell them to come home at 9 o'clock. They're going to turn on you. <sighs> All right. Something to look forward to. All right. Yeah. On, in that note, thank you for joining me, Joy. Tomorrow, speaking of things to look forward to, I'll be back with everyone's favorite flight attendant, Alyssa Farah Griffin. <laughs> in the meantime... <laughs> Have your trays locked in an upright position. Please call or text us your questions for the co-host and check the episode description for the number to our Behind the Table hotline. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. The word behind is an unfortunate way to... Yeah, we're a little... We're, we're, <laughs> we've kind of moved too far past it to change it now, but yeah. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.